This episode of The Legendarium Podcast is sponsored by StoryHack Action and Adventure, modern anthology fiction with a classic feel. Visit storyhack.com today. If, if we were to make t-shirts like with things on the back, I would want mine to say that. <laughs> I just say I don't believe. In no, I just want mine to say I do believe in fairies. There you go. There you go. You know, and then we could stand next to each other and people go, like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Legendarium. This is episode 241 of the Legendarium podcast, and we are the blue team. Uh, and and we're the full blue team. We've had a little bit of uh, mixing around. But right and, now we have the full blue team. We've and got, just the blue team. No, and just the blue team. No, no extra people. Nothing. This isn't purple. This isn't red-ish with a little bit of a blue team. No, 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 no. This is the blue team. We've got Megan on my left. We've got Ken on my, yes, right. on my right. Left, <laughs> right. I'm having a tough time today. It's been it's on, been a on long, your other left. it's been a long morning so far. <laughs> in fact, we were, we, we've just been comparing notes on our morning here in the podcast and we have all had a morning. So it's just the way that it goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, today we are, it doesn't matter because we're excited to be here. <laughs> it's true. The podcast is our refuge. You know, the, if, if, <sighs> if we were honest and we said that this is what we look forward to perhaps more than even coming home to our families, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But we'll just say... We would if any of them listened. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. Or if any of you turn us in. Please don't. Today we're going to be talking... Uh, today is a, a little bit... I, I don't want to say it's a... Well, I guess I will say it's kind of a palate cleanser. Uh, we've been we've been wading our way through Dune, which some of you have absolutely loved. Thank you very much. Some of you have endured. Thank you very much. And some of you have absolutely ignored. Wow. Um, and and it you has know, been a little bit of a slog. It takes all kinds. I I'm I'm with you guys who didn't listen because I if I haven't read a book, I don't listen to that episode of the Legendarium yet. Yeah. I'm currently working my way through the Wheel of Time. And so it's fun to catch up on those episodes. But, you hey, know, honestly, it, we are something for everybody. So it's true. We try. It's nice. We do yeah. try. We some do of, try. Some of our fans like uh, like like the Red Rising trilogy, which I'm hoping to get into eventually. So we need to talk about you know, that a little yeah. bit, too. Yeah, that's, that's there's coming. there's some new stuff coming with that. Some some of them like the Wheel of Time and some of them like Dresden. And some of them like the Bulgaria, which just makes me so happy because oh, that's when I got started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Dresden. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to be doing a, a little bit of a catch up uh, because what we're going to do is we're going to turn around and we're going to we're going to do probably our next. I, I think we ought to probably plan on doing at least three books, maybe four books all kind of in rapid succession over the next little while as we work into the holiday season. We we have been uh, far too slow on our Dresden reading for my liking. Well, you know, and it's and partly it's been because we've had Dune in the mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Red, and I, Red Team needs to do stuff, whatever. I, I mean. <laughs> and I am sure that there are probably going to be a few people that are very disappointed that we are not doing Heretics of Dune. Don't worry, we have a plan for that. In fact, what we're going to we're going to try and See if we can put something really cool together to that when we have more details. We'll we'll let them we'll let you know as soon as we can. Uh, but we we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Dresden up to this point in time, so that as we launch into our next reading of Dresden, uh, next book, uh, book number six. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember what the time. Th- all I can remember is Death Masks because that was number five. Mm-hmm. Blood rites. Is it blood? It seems uh, like it's because br- of winter. Anyway. 
the sixth book in the Dresden series. People whatever, are yelling at us right now. I'm sure they are. There's probably somebody that swerved in the freeway our, was their listening. Our utter lack of part, of uh, preparation. So, <laughs> Blood Rites is number six. And and we'll take it off from there. But we need to we need to take some time and we need to talk a little bit about the things that we've that have happened in the world of Dresden, the universe of Dresden up to this point in time. Some things that we like, some things that we're kind of maybe were shocking to us and where we think it's going to go from here. Um, with that, Ken, I, I don't think we had really kind of planned any kind of a, of a recap or anything like that. No, although I was thinking about it earlier today and I really wish I had because it would have been fun to recap the first five books. Yeah, you know, it's it, you know, and, it's and almost the progression as, of it. I mean, the first here, we'll try this. So we first meet Harry Dresden. <laughs> he's a down on his luck paranormal wizard, private investigator for hire. The only one in Chicago with uh, bad luck and even worse timing, know, even worse stuff. <laughs> I was see, this is why I write them down. This is, this is why we write them down. Yeah. Let's, yeah, I mean, the, the, there are, there are multiple things that Harry has dealt with so far. He's dealt with giant scorpions, evil wizards, manufacturing horrible uh, drugs that can, that can mess up not only wizards, but normal people as well. Mm-hmm. Werewolves of various types that wind up being good, bad, and somewhat indifferent. Um, We've we've dealt with fairies. We've stopped a fairy war. I mean, although he caused a vampire war. Right. Well, yeah. They dealt with multiple kinds of werewolves. He's gotten and lost a vampire girlfriend. Oh, he, oh yeah. Well, yeah. There, there were a whole a, a lot of things vampire. involved with ghosts and we've, knights that we've can met, fight ghosts. Uh, yes, they're that cool. We've met three different uh, flavors of vampire and talked about a fourth. Yes, we have, and we've yeah. met three different. Um, I, I almost called them Knights Radiant. Um, we've met, we, we've met Knights three, of the Cross. We've met three different Knights of the Cross, two of whom are still with us, and oh, one of so them. Cool. I'm trying to figure out. Well, let's let's. Can I can I say something really dorky though? It's a little bit of a digression. Yesterday, I was uh, I don't know. I was hanging out with a friend of mine's twelve year old son, and I said something about how he could be like a Knight Radiant, and I forget ex- the exact content. And then I was like, no, you'd be a paladin. And then I realized that paladin rhymes with Kaladin. Ah. And I was like, wait, is that how Brandon Sanderson got that name for the Way of Kings? Anyway, I'm a nerd. I, I don't asked, know if you guys knew that. Well, I never asked, but I always figured it was Kaladin the Paladin. So, see, even though Dalinar is really the Paladin. I mean, I read those books. I first started reading those books three years ago, and I just put that together. So, yeah. well, but this yeah. isn't about the Stormlight Archive. This is about Dresden. This is about Dresden. So let's let's talk about let's talk a little bit about Harry's arc. Harry has started out when when we first meet Harry, he is a wizard who as a wizard he is fairly successful. Mm-hmm. He's got some incredible power. He is on the White Council. He is known as one of the more powerful wizards of the White Council. But when you put him into the world of the rest of humanity, he's really struggling. He's <laughs> he's not a successful adult it, it seems He's like not a good adulting it, it seems like in terms of, of being a wizard and being an adult he is powerful but raw he okay yeah. okay he That's doesn't he doesn't have a lot of uh tamed uh, tamed power well i think part it. of it is is his upbringing where yeah. his you know mother died at birth or disappeared at birth and his dad died when he was six or seven and then he was raised by a sketchy guy and Justin. then he was taken he was, in yeah, he by was raised by a wizard that he had to kill and then he was raised by another wizard and 
who helped him be a decent person. But, you know, when you start at 17, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. He's, oh, there was, or is there? There I don't was another really know. thing we received is, is uh, he, he had a hot wizard stepsister that he was kind of hot for. And then oh, she disappeared. And, and then, yeah. The, so when Harry shows up, <laughs> he really is a wonderful mixture of humanity. Mm-hmm. He's got some good. He's got some bad. He is the kind of person that I think all of us can relate to on on certain kinds of levels because really when you stop and look at it and and we talked about the Mickey Spillane connection um you know the the gumshoe detective kind of a thing mm-hmm. with a little bit of a with with the wizard bend the magic bend um and and I think the thing that was always attractive to me about the Mickey Spillane and that is very attractive about Harry Dresden is that when we first are introduced to him he feels very relatable all of us feel like we have things in our lives that are pretty good, things in our lives that are not necessarily very good. Yeah. We all yeah. we all struggle with this. I'm doing good over here, but I'm not doing so good over here. So Harry becomes at least for me and I think for a lot of a lot of the readers that are out there becomes instantly relatable. We don't have to worry about creating a whole new world. He lives in Chicago for mm-hmm. Pete's sake. Right. So this is a this is a character that becomes instantly relatable but becomes immediately interesting. If you are the kind of person that says, but what if magic was happening now? Because yeah. Harry shows up and says it is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And from a writing standpoint, standpoint, excuse me, he is very relatable because he he's kind of the archetype that we've seen before. Like we talked about how he relates to Mickey Spillane, but he's, he's the loner private eye who lives, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Basically, he's always scraping for his, his next money and his, his apartment is is dingy and drab and his his uh, office is the same and he, his only friend is the the laconic bartender you know and yeah. he's got a, a contact in the in the police force and that's book one and we get to see not just the progression of harry through the first five books and we see the world expand but we get to see in my opinion the uh, expansion of jim butcher as a writer because yeah. the first three books are i mean they're kind of I don't want to say formulaic like it's a bad thing. I mean, they're kind of episodic. They're kind of episodic, kind of paint by numbers. You know, yeah. this happens to Harry and then this and this. And it it like checks off all the points of a uh, of a detective novel. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that. I'm sorry. I'll let you know. I was going to say. And, and as the world as the world expands, we kind of see we kind of see Jim's writing expand as well. Yeah, he gets he gets better. And I appreciate Harry as. He's not even an anti-hero, which is kind of a, it's a popular thing right now to write kind of a person who's just really sketchy, but oh, he's really a good person. Mm -hmm. Dresden is a good person. Like he really legit tries to do the right thing. He tries to take on clients who truly need his help um, and do whatever he can for them, even if it's a situation that's going to put him in danger or people he cares about in danger. Um, But he definitely recognizes his flaws. He's like, I like to be a gentleman. Not everybody appreciates that. So it's kind of a good and it's kind of not so much. And I just really appreciate that he doesn't try to be perfect. Like he tries to be a better person, but Mm -hmm. he knows who he is and he doesn't necessarily apologize. He just tries to do better next time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, We get it. We get a glimpse early on in book one that things are moving in the in the world of magic. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to necessarily say the never, never. Um, but certainly in the world of the intersection of magic, of the magic world and the, and the human world, um, because there are, there are little hints that he throws out, even in the first book, that things seem to be a little off kilter in good old Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, 
and it really takes a little while before before we start to and I wonder I've I've sometimes wondered if um if Jim Butcher in his writing was using that as a as a way of saying to his publisher, hey, I've got a much bigger story to tell. And if you'll if you'll work with me as we as we move through this, let me establish the world. Let me establish the the situations that Jim is or that uh, Harry is going to deal with, mm-hmm. and then we're going to see this bigger conflict start to unfold. And it feels like um, in these first five books or so that we've gotten to the point where that's really it feels like that's really starting to take off. Yeah, the world yeah. the world oh, yeah. is starting to expand. Where it's not just in Chicago, weird things are happening, but things are happening in the Vatican and things are happening in Brazil. I want to say Brazil, Brazil, Russia. Yeah, I, things are happening. Book Japan. Three. Yeah, Japan. Book three. We we have one of the central arcs that we got to figure out a way for wizards to get from place to place because they can't take planes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no. And another news: another plane mysteriously crashed. Another plane mysteriously disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's that's a foundational thing in this war between the White Court and or the White Council and the Red Court. By the way, the, the White Council versus the White Court, that would be kind of a. Oh, that would be yeah. entertaining. Yeah, it would be entertaining from a how do we keep track of who's in what you know standpoint from the reader. To say nothing of talking about the White Fairies. Um, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it's always. It's always interesting how color plays a role in literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, it, it's not really a big deal here. We've done plenty of stories where color is a big deal and a foundational thing in we're those not, stories. We're not talking about Sanderson today. We're talking about Butcher. Oh, I was, oh see, and I was thinking Red Rising. But anyway. Oh, okay. Well, and okay. and I, was, I was thinking uh, Brent Weeks' Lightbringer series that's coming up, but... Uh, so many different places. See, it, it goes. <laughs> you, you can go so many different directions. Um, color and literature. It's it's just fun, and it feels like they belong. And that's another story for another day, or another uh, discussion for another day. But I I enjoy the way that this world has expanded. And so one of the questions I thought of coming up, or when we were thinking of this, is what's your favorite expansion of the of the Dresden universe so far? What character have you liked what concept have you liked what's what's your favorite what's your favorite thing so far through five books Megan how about you oh no um I think my favorite has been um Harry's uh relationships with the women around him and how he definitely like he he kind of starts off and he's like oh no I'm just a gentleman and I treat everybody the same but he definitely um, he has a level of respect for Murphy and has started to uh, see her as an equal in a lot of ways where he has a difficult time being an adult and a useful person in the real world and sees that she is very good at that and has relied on her a lot more. Um, and then you have his relationship with Susan, which took a really odd turn Yeah. Um, when she was, you know, Made a vampire. Made a vampire and have to learn to navigate that. But he, you know, leading up to that, he was really falling in love with her. And, um, you know, now has to deal with that heartbreak and that change. And I, and I look at him in regards to, uh, Faith. Is that her name? Yes. Yes. Hope. Faith. Hope. Charity. It's Charity. Her name is Charity. Oh, I see who you're talking about. (laughs) Oh. Sorry, dudes. (laughs) Um, and the way that he respects her and she legit hates him or resents him just does not have good. And, you know, he he is 
not necessarily trying to get in her good graces, but he respects her and sees her point of view and understands mm. it. And they are willing to work together for the same cause because they both love Michael yeah. the way that they do. And I, I just, I think it's so interesting. And I, that is one thing that I'm appreciating about um, Butcher's writing is that he writes these women so differently. They're not all the same woman with like a different name and, oh, she's the mother and she's the girlfriend and she's a protector. There is a little bit of that, but also there's a little bit of that, like, you know, every every woman, like every man you meet is different. And it's it's yeah. fun that, that he writes it that way and that he writes Harry's relationship with them differently. Yeah. yeah. So Jim Butcher's writing of women, specifically his like chauvinistic portrayal of Harry has mm -hmm. been kind of a sticking point for a lot of readers. Yes. Especially a lot of female readers. Is that something that resonates with you because it doesn't sound like it does yeah it, it i mean it sounds like me, it's something but it's not it bothered me the most in the first three books and i think pushing past it because i i had read the three books before several years ago and it it irked me and um we've had discussions about that in previous episodes we where we've talked about um harry and i I just remember the episode where Todd was talking about how you know the way harry looks at women and the way michael talks about his wife like they're so very different and I think Harry's relationship with Michael has helped him to treat women a little bit more respectfully. Yeah. Even in his thoughts, I did not notice nearly as much, you know, of Harry's internal thoughts about women's bodies, you know, bodies <laughs> in the, the first, fifth book. Yeah. The initial, you know, the first three, women. you're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so tired of your thinking of, Oh, and her breasts were la, 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 just amazing, you know, so large. And you're just like, I can't, I missed all of that. I must have been reading a different book. I was going to say, how did, that, how did that go I've, again? I very much noticed it. I'm, I'm going to... Every time. He's I'm going to go back Leah and reread those. Like, she's so beautiful, but also she's so evil and unappealing somehow. So yeah. Well, I'll certainly notice uh. it going forward. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I think, the, I think the piece that I've enjoyed the most, um, and, and, and maybe this is... Because I'm, I'm, thinking about, um, I'm thinking about so many things that are there that we could talk about. But my favorite thing is the integration of the magical world with the real world mm -hmm. and oh, how yeah. much Harry has allowed that to happen. My, my, my personal favorite book that we've read so far, um, winter's war is it winter's not winter's summer war, night. summer night, summer night, um, winter's war. I was watching that the other day. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I'm not even sure I was watching that. The huntsman. I don't know. One of those, uh, when, when he, when he goes to the land of fairy and he, fights on the and he fights on the side of of balance mm -hmm. uh he doesn't even necessarily fight on the side of one of the one of the two courts of the fairy world he fights on the side of balance and trying to make sure that we restore balance and to this day my one of my favorite moments in all of the dresden books so far is the depiction of him looking at his little motley band of of followers that he says, and I mustered up my greatest battle cry and struck my staff to the ground and said, I don't believe in fairies. <laughs> I really, I, if, if we were to make t-shirts like with things on the back, I would want mine to say that. I would say I don't believe in fairies. No, I just want mine to say, I do believe in fairies. There you go. There you go. You know, and then we could stand next to each other and people would be like, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it is, and, and for me it does, not only does it do a wonderful job of, of connecting the two worlds, 
But it also does a wonderful job, uh, at least for me, of making sure that there is a certain amount of levity throughout all of these books. Yeah. There, we deal with some very heavy stuff. Um, we deal with some some very ugly crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. We it's deal with from right from right from the get go. Yep. <sighs> we we deal with some you know the 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 descriptions of some of the things that he has to see and deal with. Yeah, I don't eat while I read these books anymore. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I still make that mistake on occasion just because it's kind of part of my life. I'm trying to do too many things at once, I guess. But um, this, the, his, his efforts as a writer to make sure that he includes sufficient amounts of levity and fun and lightheartedness where he can and when he can, beautiful job. Well, and I think a lot of that just has to deal with Harry's character because it's, you know, people say that you either have two choices when faced with something just really overwhelming. You can either laugh or you can cry. And Harry chooses to laugh. Yeah. Because that's just what he does. Easier his, to move on. Yeah. His sarcasm every single time. <laughs> almost almost to uh, an annoying degree sometimes. Like, What's the biggest thing that you've liked, Ken? Well, I, I let you guys go first because mine is, you know, fairly obvious. I like Michael. (laughs) We know. I I love the Knights of the Cross. I've always been a sucker for light magic, for faith magic, and I I love the way that the three knights work together. And uh, I love how just so exact and and, uh, forthright Michael's character is. In a book that is is very... uh, Nebu- nebulous isn't the right word, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's that that's very uh, shades of gray. He is a straight line toward exactness, and I love it. Yeah. I, I love that there is that aspect in this world, and and life itself is is like that. It's full of hard choices and you know, and decisions that you'd rather not make or making the lesser of two evil choices, which the lesser of two evil choices is still an evil choice, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But even in, even in that kind of world, there is still a, this is the exact path, you know? And I, and I love, I love that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's a, it's a faith thing. And I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I also love how it expands the world. It, It expands, um, the Dre- I don't the Dresden world uh, to allow for for different styles of uh, of magic and belief and, and and Harry's not religious yeah mm-hmm. but his magic is based on belief the belief that that this done this certain way will generate power yeah there's a there's a certain there's a certain set of presumptions in the working of magic and much of it revolves around will and belief. Yeah. And, and Michael is the, Michael is a wonderful foil for him in that way. Well, and yeah. And, and for the, for, for the story itself, because there is so much chaos going on and there's so many shades of gray and there's so much darkness. Um, having, having Michael in there who just is good for the sake of good <laughs> and truly believes like it's, it's nice. It's a nice counterpoint to the rest of the evil and the difficulty. Yeah. Wearing armor lined with Kevlar. <laughs> such a good touch it's a charity's it, amazing charity and charity is she is amazing the she fact is that she super, made that armor the fact that those two work together so well is yeah. is fantastic and every everything about them is just so so clear yeah. and it's so um so simple 
Yeah. You know, if I, I knew them for, in real life, I'd be like, how did you two meet? Like, yeah. how did this all happen? I would want yeah. to know that. Story. And I, I don't want to say it's simple as in it, it's easy to understand. Oh, that's, you know, simple as in there's nothing, nothing deep about it. Yeah. Because it's a very, I, I say simple as in it's very easy to understand. It's very clear th mm -hmm. their connection and, and there is a, a depth and a richness to it. But yeah. uh, hey, guys, we have a sponsor. We do have a sponsor. We do. What? And it's right up our alley. I love it because uh, I've started reading these myself. But uh, we have a we have a sponsor. It's called StoryHack. Oh. Yeah. So the world today is a very busy place. You know, I mean, we've been talking about how busy the Dresden world is. But our world is very busy also. It's filled with idiots saying dumb things on social media, shiny <laughs> new streaming services every couple of weeks, not to mention the financial, family, job stresses of life. It's enough to wear a person down. But fortunately, there's a magazine that can help you tune out the noise and enjoy a few minutes of escape into worlds of pure excitement and imagination, which we love. Yay. Story Hack Action and Adventure is an anthology series designed to recharge those batteries and get your get you ready and refreshed to jump back into the fray of real life. Aww. Right? We really well this. said. I like that. I we all need well that. said. So each issue of Story Hack Action and Adventure allows you to explore new genres through pulse-pounding stories from up-and-coming authors. And they're, and they're fantastic. I've been reading them. Awesome. I love them. From military sci-fi tales, sword and sorcery yarns, to modern crime thrillers, and even daring jungle adventures, the one thing the stories share is the non-stop sheer excitement. And right now, you can get your first digital issue absolutely free. No wonder Ken likes it. That's it's what, all punching. If, mm -hmm. it's, if it's free and punching, it's me. <laughs> Just Nothing visit, wrong with that. That's right. Just visit storyhack.com for more information. That's storyhack.com. Storyhack action and adventure, modern fiction with a classic pulpy feel. Love it. They are so fun. Love it. Go get them. Okay. Yeah. Done. Thank Story you. Hack. If you guys enjoy what we do here, you'll probably enjoy that as well. Yep. So absolutely well edited and, and they move quick. Good. Yeah. Maybe so. I should read that during lunch. You should. I should. There we go. Done. As, as long as you're not reading a Dresden novel. Um, yeah. so, right. so let me ask a question about the, uh, let me, let me ask a question. Um, we, we, we've talked a little bit about the things that we've liked about the expansion of Dresden's world. Um, what are some things that in these first five books, maybe you're a little disappointed about? I'll give you mine. I would love to hear it. I am, I am a little disappointed in the apparent severing of the relationship with Susan. Now I have every confidence. Yeah. I have every confidence that Susan will show back up in the series at a later time. I've given you my prediction on that. I'll, I'll share it again later when we're into predictions. But, but I, but I really... I, I really was, I, I, um, I struggled through that last portion. Um, it was hard. It was hard. I was invested and really hoping that, um, that these characters would, that, that Jim Butcher would try and find a way to make these characters find a solution. And mm -hmm. the fact that the, that both the characters said, nope, the best thing that we can do is just go. That was sad for me. So there you go. But at the same time, it, maybe it resolves. I, you know what? I There's have hope. 10 more books, 11 more books. For I have, resolve. I have hope, but if we're, if we're talking about what we've seen up to this point in time, that's the, that's for me, the piece. For you, did it, did it make sense with the characters or did it feel a little bit um, like he was trying to create a reason to keep them apart? Um, That's a great question. I, I think that I think that based on the based on the circumstance that he's put the characters in mm -hmm. 
and based on the way that Susan had to use, had to had to uh, create a connection with those vamp- vampiric powers mm-hmm. in order to help get through this little deal that was going on. I think it makes total sense. Okay. It, it, it made, I, I bought it. I bought it. And maybe that's the reason that I was saddened by it right. is because there are enough, um, ah, crap. <laughs> Can't get through uh, the episode without. <laughs> there are enough, uh, painful and ugly things in the world that we deal with alone that when we lose someone that helps us deal with them better, mm-hmm. it hurts. And as I was reading that, that's what I felt. I felt that that loss in his life of someone that gave him something to to help fight the the darkness. Yeah. Now the fact that the way it was written, it was beautifully written. It makes total sense, but it was hard. Yeah. It, well, and Harry, Harry has very few people that he really relies on and trusts, and to lose someone like that who feels like a part of his family, who he wanted to marry and be family with. Yeah, that's devastating. Well, and it, 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 it felt sucks. like, I mean, you really felt he Butcher did a great job of describing just how huge a loss that was to him oh, yeah. and, and describing how alone he felt after that mm-hmm. and into the start of the next book. Yeah. 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 He it's, did a great job, especially juxtaposing that with the coin. Oh, yeah. You have Harry in this in this awful place personally and this coin. Those two things together, I, I, by the time I was done, I was just absolutely concerned about where this looks like it's going, <laughs> especially because he's already, we already know that his judgment can be questionable mm-hmm. when it comes to thinking like he can do the wrong thing for the right reason and still find a way to get around it mm-hmm. because of his relationship with Leah uh, with his godmother because of because of the way that he's handled things with fairies and all those kind. So I look at that and I'm saying to myself, hmm, uh, I, I see where we're heading with this one. Think, I am uncomfortable. You think we're heading into evil Dresden territory? I I, I don't know. Oh, I, but I feel I, like that is definitely being foreshadowed. But I think that even if it is not, I think we're heading into a crisis in the relationship between Michael and Harry. Oh, that no matter what Harry does to try and say, hey, I picked the coin up to keep your son from touching it. Yeah. I'm sure that Michael would have turned around and said, but Harry, you don't understand. He's pure. He's innocent. At his age, he wouldn't even have been affected by the coin. It's not a problem. It's you, Harry. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying I per, I perceive that that's a possibility. I, I have this okay. picture in my mind of that conversation actually happening where he says, yeah, he's pure. It, it wouldn't have affected him. Harry turning around and just saying something like, well, I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it that way, Michael, well, it makes perfect it, sense. Exactly. I could, I could just see something like that happening. I don't spend but... enough time with children to know that, Michael. How would I know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the next few books are going to be just so exciting, right? Right. No. What? Okay. So, what do you? What do you hate? What, what uh, have you not liked? I hate that every time he goes into the last, like he's going into the last battle, he's always starting it. And maybe this is something that I should like, but um, he's always starting it like he's injured. He has no magic for some reason. Like he's burned himself out. He's in like a horrible spot. And I'm just like, I just. Ugh. They keep talking about how he's this amazing wizard, and we never really get to see it. Um, at least that's, that's from my point of view. I feel like that's how it is. I mean, he just, 
I guess, and in in a way, it's that's good because then it you know it provides room for uh I can't think of his name now the boring guy that Susan was with to come in and save him in oh, the stadium. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh yeah. It, it the makes, boring guy that we all forgot. Yeah. Right. It it comes. It it gives an opportunity for like Melvin Deus Ex Machina moments where I don't know. I, don't know. I want to toast. say Martin because I think of Martin Freeman playing yeah, his character. He might be right. He would be. A, he Martin would be, Freeman would be a great character. He'd be great so guy to great play in that. that. Um, <laughs> but it, it just it irks me that every like, every time he's injured, he's like, "Oh no, I have to do this in three hours, and I'm so tired, and I'm so..." And I'm just like, "I mean, just once can he, can he be like healthy and well, and can he be coming from a? I just I don't know. It it personally bothers me. It sounds like you have a complaint more about the way Jim writes it than about. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, I I, every time I read that, I say to myself, that's exactly how I felt going into every final for my master's program. (laughs) So I totally relate to it. I and yeah, and it's it. Most of the books are written in a compressed timeline where they take place in two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. And that is how I mean, if he's working on something and he's so he's so worried about it and he magic is stronger at night or he has to avoid these things at night. So he has to work at night. Sure, you'd be tired. I feel like the world is kind of ruled by morning people and Harry is like me and he's not a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> um, because he likes to stay up late because that helps him with his job. But I just, I don't know. It irks me. I don't what like do you, it. What do you I, hate, Ken? I have that same complaint about a lot of stories, by the way. The, yep. uh, the just in the nick of time trope yep. has yeah. always kind of bothered me. I get it sometimes. Sometimes there are some stories where it really works, but... But the idea that everything always has to happen within the last, you know, just at the last second and or. It, yeah. It makes the book seem a little bit more formulaic in that yeah. way where every time I'm like, oh, and here's where he's really ill. I wonder yeah. what Jim's going to pull out this time to make it magically happen. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. You you seriously couldn't defuse the bomb with 17 seconds left, you know, something mm-hmm. like this. Come on. And, and, but having said that, one of the things that's kind of interesting is that for me, it makes those last couple of chapters really interesting because I'm like. Okay. Oh yeah. How how are you gonna write this one? Yeah. Harry's on a train. <laughs> Everybody else is falling off the train. He is injured. What's gonna? Oh, he jumped off the train. Okay. All right. <laughs> that works too. Sometimes the simplest okay. answer is the yeah. best. So, story where I my by the way is uh, oh sorry. Yeah, well, I was ahead. gonna say my my uh, my biggest complaint so far has been the lack of Murphy. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So I I mean I like Murphy as a character. I just I would like to have seen more of her in a hands-on role helping a little bit more. I mean, we got, especially in, in book two, we get her, mm-hmm. you know, really <laughs> taking a, a more, uh, a more uh, active, active approach in defeating the the werewolves and the four variations of werewolf and everything. And then in books three and four, especially, well, three, in book three, she gets a, a, a big, sequence as a victim yes you know and and we get some foreshadowing about just exactly how good murphy is mm-hmm. but, but hey then, in book four she gets to run over a chlorophene that's true for and a, she for a she, sequence i mean she gets to do some great stuff in book four well, she, her <laughs> oh, chainsaw and, and her, her practical <laughs> that's right, her practical mundane approach to the supernatural world is is so funny you know, and, and we just don't get enough of her in well, the and first it's five nice, books. It's nice because Murphy, like in those moments, I'm like, okay, I could see myself do it. I know I'm not a wizard, so how would I approach this? Yeah. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I I know for a fact 
that we get more of her coming up. I'm sure we do. Okay, good. So, so having said that, I I want to I want to share my prediction. Now we have not we have not discussed these predictions necessarily with nope. each other. Nope. But um, and I'm wondering if I'm wondering if we're all going to wind up with similar predictions. But I but I I have one that has been resonating in the back of my head, just kind of waiting for an opportunity to talk about. So I want to tell you my one prediction for the next four or five books. Okay. Murphy gets the sword. Oh. Ooh. You remember we had that moment in- Yeah, about who gets the sword? Well, we had that moment early in, I th I'm trying to remember which book it was. I think it was book uh, three, where she bursts in the room mm -hmm. and Harry is using his third sight, his third, yeah. His, yeah. his third eye. And he sees her come in as an avenging angel. Right. And that was, yeah. And I see that as a perfect- foreshadowing for Harry to say, you need this sword. And with all of the problems that Murphy's been having in the police force, a perfect opportunity for her to figure out how to either integrate the two or walk completely away from the police thing mm -hmm. and just become one of the Knights of the Cross. Huh. There you go. Girl okay. power be a, be honored. I'm going to go a little bit farther in your prediction. I have not read ahead of, uh, uh well, I, I've read uh, Blood Rites, which is the next one, and I've read uh, Deadbeat, which is the one after that, so book seven. And uh, I haven't read farther than that. So my prediction, book nine is called White Knight. Ooh. So I think mm. the next four books are built, not directly, but sub-story built toward making Murphy worthy okay. of that sword. Okay. I'm just saying. I think that we're heading in that direction. I want that to be true. Predictions. Oh, I, I had a whole list of like little predictions. Like, uh, uh, I, I think, well, I don't think we will get a greater, uh, we'll get a greater example of just how powerful Harry is. I bet we will in the coming books. Uh, I think the world will expand a little bit more. I can see us taking, I, I can see us facing mummies. Ooh, mummies, but that not in, in true, uh, true Jim Butcher fashion. Not like your typical, you know, raps and slow moving, uh, mummies, mummies and zombies. But, yeah. Mummies, mummies and zombies probably together with a little bit more pep to their step to make them a yeah, little bit more menacing yeah. and dangerous. I like that. I yeah. like that. So Megan, any other, any other predictions that you've got? Uh, I think we're going to, we're going to see a lot more of, um, dark Harry where he's already got a little bit of the vampire that he's, or vampire werewolf inner werewolf that he's trying to fight um he uh, you know it's consorting with demons but the whole thing with you know was harry's mom kind of a sketchy person or was she a good person like he's gonna learn more about his mother he's gonna learn <laughs> ken's over there like wiggling his fingers and smiling evilly um only because i like to wiggle my fingers and smile whatever you sure, gloat that's your regular you smile yes. question mark yeah um I always but smile we're... with this much teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. He doesn't. You, you look like a werewolf right now. Um, <laughs> but I think we're going to find out a lot more about that. I'm curious to see if there is a continuation of Harry trying to find a cure for Susan's vampirism, vampirism, um, and able to fix that. Kind of see how that progresses. And uh, I did we get a a resolution to that we had the black wizard from Stormfront, like from the very first book right. that was kind of intimated in other mm -hmm. books that, oh, there's this evil force coming on. Or are we saying that that's part of the 
global happenings that's going on. I'm thinking that's part of the global happenings that's okay. coming on. That's me. And it's not just one specific person just trying no, to. No, 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 no. In fact, I never, never. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if somehow Justin, Harry's first uh, wizard trainer dude that he had to kill, yeah. Yeah. has not somehow found a way to force ghost himself into the ability to tra start training Ooh. other dark wizards. Okay. And oh, I, that would be something. My Wouldn't other be cool? prediction. That would be my other prediction was in regards to Marconi's daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We found out about her being in a coma, and I wonder if Harry's going to be able to find some way to help magically restore her. Oh, that would um, be interesting. And really, like, solidify his relationship with Because Marconi is a wild card. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he does what's right for him. Um, but I'm curious to see if that plays into that at all, where, you know, very few people actually know about her, and Harry is now one of the people Marconi's just like, oh, I didn't want you to know, but also... I love her. And if you do anything, I will murder you. Yeah. yeah. He's very much chaotic neutral, I think. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I feel like, I feel like Harry and Susan's relationship comes to a more sad end. No. I, I don't have anything to base that on. I just feel like uh, I, I said it at the end of that book. I think that, that they're, they wild bondage night. You know, I, I think that, that she's carrying Harry's child. And I think that, that that child becomes important later. And I think the only way to keep the child alive or something is for Susan to die or she can, is, is this child going to be or something. a hybrid human werewolf vampire child? It's going to be blade. Sure. <gasps> it's going to be, blade. it's going to be blade. Yeah. So I just, we've connect, we finally connected Dresden to the MCU. Exactly. Hooray. I just, I feel like, matter of time. I, I, I feel, I feel like that would be something that would happen. I mean, for everybody wanting a, Happy resolution to the Harry Susan thing and just for it to come getting worse, crashing down like that, getting worse. Yep. So, but then I, and then what would Harry do with a child? I mean, Jim Butcher does a wonderful job that's... of making things worse. <laughs> yeah. Things get worse. I have the feeling that we're going to find out that Billy and the alphas. Oh yeah. We're, I, I have the feeling that that group is going to pay a price for having been connected to Harry. Um, I mean, we've up to this time and, and you remember they, they, we had that initial engagement and then we didn't really have much. And then we have a resurfacing, a reconnection. And we find out that he's been working with the alphas on mm -hmm. weekends, playing Dungeons and Dragons with them, which by the way, is a really fun game. Um, <laughs> That's and what I hear. being able to go through and doing, oh, we need to include you on that. Yeah, yes, we, need, um, we need to get her in on that. We need to, you know, as, but as we're looking at all of that, I think we're going to find that the alphas, and I don't know whether it's going to be a a worldly process with the with the with the police or an otherworldly process with some of these other forces that are involved, but I have the feeling that the alphas are going to pay a price. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder if it has to do with the war between the White Council and the Red Court. I feel like I feel like that's not going to resolve easily. I feel like no. sides are going yeah. to be drawn. I feel like the white court and the black court will have to take sides. I feel like, yeah, things like, you know, werewolves will have to get involved or different sides of the Fae will have to get involved. I, uh, that it, sort of thing. I, I feel like, I, I feel like a wizard showdown is coming. Like we will see like a whole collection of wizards all, you know, in their powerful glory or something, maybe led by uh, what's Merlin. Ebenezer. Eben, Merlin you know, and Ebenezer, yeah. wouldn't it be interesting if there was a schism 
in the White Council. And that that schism that occurs changes the dynamics of what's going on in this war between the courts. That would be interesting too. I think we there are so many possibilities. We've, we've got lots of pieces. This it feels very much like a chess game. There are lots of pieces, and all of them are still on the board. And you know what we're going to find out after we read four or five more books is that we don't know Jack. Yeah, that's we probably don't. true. That's probably true. Because uh, <laughs> is, do we know if he has like an overarching story in mind, or if he's just writing these as he comes up with things? I know he had written the first couple before he had any of them published the way the first five books have felt it it feels like if he didn't have a grand design in place at first he's got to have one now yeah okay. yeah it feels very the much world like has there expanded is expanded so much that yeah. and, i would think so too and if you stop know. and think about it the amount of pages that we've gone through in the first five books is really pretty close to a brandon sanderson single novel that's true so oh, yeah. you know with brandon sanderson you know 10 books all that big jim butcher you know 20 books all mm-hmm. about a third the size I, I kind of feel like we're looking at a similar story length. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, if we're, if we're talking about the entire arc, I'm, I'm interested to see whether or not um, these pieces hold together well enough. And he's able to, because it, the other thing to remember too, is that we get about three to four months in between each book. Mm-hmm. He says, things have been pretty boring here in Chicago for the last three to four months, ever since blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, right. Right. And so <laughs> I, I'm wondering if we're going to see a compression of time frames. Um, that some of these books start to take place a little bit more frequently. Um, I don't know, but, but I, but I will say this and hopefully listeners, you're going to be appreciating this. I know that Megan and Ken are both appreciating this. The next, what should we say? Four books that we're going to review on the, on the blue team are going to be Dresden books. Hooray! I love. So. Yeah. Except and especially cause I keep hearing that like after book seven, it really gets good. Yeah. So we got two, yeah. so we got two to I'm get going and two so more. Far. Yeah. As much as so. I think we got some fun and that, that very well may, you know, that may take us to a point where we say, okay, we're going to do a stopping point and restart and we'll look at, we'll look at another series for a little while. Um, Dresden though, is certainly becoming a theme for, for us here in the blue team Oh yeah, and for our listeners. So, you know, obviously, uh, if that's something that you guys are enjoying, it's something that we're certainly enjoying. So I guess, oh, and we seriously, we appreciate the, uh, the interaction on Reddit, especially the, the love for the Dresden files. It is. I, I mean, I love it. I'm all in on yeah. on Dresden Files. I'm excited to get to, uh, once we finish with Dresden Files, maybe getting to Codex Alera, which is, you know, Jim Butcher's other, um, it's it's more fantasy, fantasy-based uh, series. We may, we may even like have to awesome. invite somebody from the Red Team to come on with us I on know, that our one. our fantasy guys for that one. Um, but we'll be careful <laughs> about who we pick. Um, By the way, the, the next four <laughs> books, Blood Rites, Deadbeat, Proven Guilty, and White Knight. Those are... Proven guilty. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my! See, I'm telling you, schism in the white court. Ah. I'm telling you, or hey, the white it council. It could mean anything. We don't know. Yeah, well. maybe he proved somebody else guilty <laughs> for a change. Maybe, maybe Mac. Cut. Maybe yeah. Mac says. Maybe something. Mac actually says a word. <laughs> we read a lot of books. Todd could totally be right in his prediction. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. If he is, I won't say so. Well, no, she won't. And and in and in between those, we'll probably throw uh, Heretics of Dune in there, right? Heretics of Dune will probably show up as a as a special as a special piece. Megan's making a face at me, like I really don't want to ever read any Dune again. I, I promise you, Heretics of Dune is no, fun. No, no, I'm I'm almost done with it, and I just really hate it, and I don't. Really? Talk about it. <laughs> oh my goodness, I loved Heretics of Dune. It was a blast. I don't care. <laughs> it was it was a blast. <laughs> 
I thought I, I'm gonna have to reread on Wiki and be like, what happened in this book? I yeah, don't care. Well, <laughs> it, is the way, it is the way of things. <laughs> oh, plus, Sometimes it's colored by where we are in our lives, and at that time, I really loved it. Okay, hey, good. Plus, we have two new Red Rising books out there. Yeah, we got we got stuff, man. There's there's I'm a so lot of things that we can keep future. pace with, yep. and we have Skyward coming out. So somewhere Star or Starsight, yeah. Uh, the next book in the Skyward series coming out uh, November. So I think so, yeah. So we'll probably, I mean, if we can crush through some Dresden before we get to that, otherwise we're going to have to interrupt Dresden in oh, order plus, to do that one. Plus we have Cosmere coming out. Oh. We have, oh, yeah. We have White Sand Volume 3 coming out. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many good things. Well, if you guys aren't excited about what's coming up, then you probably didn't pay attention to the last 30 seconds on the podcast. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We, uh, we appreciate your involvement with us. Um, should we call this one good? I feel really good. Is there anything more to say? I mean, other than we're really excited. There is so much more to say, but you know, we can't keep everybody here for 12 hours a day. I know. So have a great day, guys. We'll see you next time. Go to Reddit, go to Twitter. Yeah. Go go to to Reddit. Hey, especially right now, if you're, if you're listening to this, when we just drop it, watch for some postings about fan X. I'm just going to say that. Fan X for our, for our not Utah listeners is a, is Oh, I'm sorry. Fan X. A, a comic took over a, a comic convention, took yeah. over for the Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake comic con. They lost the rights to be able to say comic con. So now it's fan X in the yeah. Salt Lake city area. Take a look. And even if you're not going to be in Salt Lake city, take a look. You might find, uh, you might find that you can help us out with something. We got a special <laughs> project going on. We got stuff. <laughs> Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.